Richard and Julie. The news on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham. The time I met him was in a Kenora courtroom. I was 20 years old. He was arguing and he argued successfully a case involving a woman that was battered. The battered wife defense. He was key in such cases like R versus Lavely, R versus Star that redefined reasonable doubt in clarifying Canada's principled approach to admission of hearsay evidence in court, modernizing the not criminally responsible defense. I remember there being a time uh, when I was doing a talk show here on 680 CJOB where if you got in trouble, who was the lawyer that you wanted to defend you? Well, Greg Brodsky was certainly on that list. Also on that list are three guests joining us here on 680 CJOB. Winnipeg lawyers Richard Wilson, Mike Cook, and Saul Simmons. Gentlemen, thank you so very much for joining us and paying tribute to uh, not only a Winnipeg legal legend, but a Canadian legal legend. Richard Wilson, let's begin with you. One of his contemporaries. What was Greg Brodsky like? Because often when I would interview him, he was... He could be really cantankerous. You know, uh, Richard, I never found him that way at all. Uh, I practiced law with him for 22 years, and for, I'd say, 19 of those years, uh, he and I were in partnership in the practice of law. Uh, Greg was always very uh, affable, uh, very friendly, uh, always a smile on his face. I think the cantankerous part uh, was was just an act. I don't think Greg was ever uh, really like that. I couldn't I, I agree think... with you more because you would you would take him off off that, and he would he would ask you questions about how are you doing, how's your family doing, and he, that type of person aside, wasn't he? Well, he was. He was a. Uh, uh, a friend to all of us that are that are on this call, and uh, um, we would all have Greg Protsky stories. And uh, uh, I practiced law; my office was right next to his, and uh, uh, he was a great guy and uh, a force in in the legal profession. And uh, you highlighted some of his. Um, great cases. He had many of them, many high-profile cases. But the one thing about Greg is that he didn't need a high-profile case. He uh, acted for uh, people of, from all walks of life, and uh, that was his passion in life to, to defend. And uh, um, that's, uh, he was a, a beautiful uh, man, and uh, um, that was his life. Saul Simmons, we all learn from our mentors and from our fellow colleagues. What did you learn from Greg Brodsky? Well, Greg never gave up. He was like the Jacob Mata of the courtroom. He asked no quarter and gave no quarter in the courtroom. He always found another way to attack a case. He always treated both counsel, the court, and most importantly, his clients with respect. And that's why he was so well-liked. No one had a bad word to say about Greg. Whether he won or he lost, he was always a gentleman in and outside the courtroom. And most importantly, he taught us how to have fun in the practice of law while we were doing it. It can be a very difficult 
process to go through a case to have to deal with sometimes the trauma that people experience when they lose loved ones or when there are very complicated and difficult sets of circumstances. But he still taught us to always have fun in the practice of law. And I can tell you, in those days of Walsh McKay, when when Richard and I, Greg and others were practicing law with him, he always made us enjoy the practice of law. And that was a, a key to the manner in which we all practiced. Now, Mike Cook, you're a runner. Greg Brodsky was a runner. Saw you're a runner, too. Um, but Mike Cook, tell us a little bit about your experiences with Mr. Brodsky. I'd love to, Richard. Thanks so much for having me on. My experience with him goes back to my days of being a University of Winnipeg student. I was taking criminology, and our prof said, go down to the law courts and just watch a case. Of course, I didn't even know where the law courts was back then, so I found myself in the law courts, and I just walked into what I now know to be courtroom 210, and it was a murder case, and Greg Brodsky was there, and the crown was George Dangerfield. So I sat in the courtroom, and I thought, oh, my goodness, there's Greg Brodsky. That's the guy I've heard about my whole life, and I can see him in the flesh. And, of course, for years and years, he had no idea who I was until I had a trial with him, and he sat beside me during the trial, and we got to know know each other quite well. And then Greg Brodsky got to know my name. So I was probably about out maybe 10 years, and I'm walking down the hall, and Mr. Brodsky walks by. He goes, good morning, Mr. Cook. And my contemporaries, my buddies go, oh, my goodness, Greg Broski knows your name. How did that happen? And I felt quite honored that the great Mr. Brodsky knew my name. And I never called him Greg. I always called him Mr. Brodsky because I thought he's earned that respect. He's one of Canada's top lawyers, and I was a huge fan of his. And he was always a legend in my mind. It always amazed me when sitting through the trials that I had in one of my first criminal trials, there was the the lead uh, defense counsel was another Brodsky, Daniel Brodsky, when I covered a trial in Thunder Bay and how all the counsel would call each other my friend. And and Richard, I, it, it sounds to me like Greg truly wasn't just a, um, a, a fellow lawyer and someone that you worked with and practiced with. It sounds like he was your friend. Well, he was, and uh, as Saul alluded to, uh, we all, uh, Saul, myself, uh, my other uh, former partner, Jeff Gindin, we, we all worked at Walsh McKay with the great Harry Walsh and the great Greg Brodsky, and um, uh, we developed uh, beautiful friendships, and uh, uh, that friendship uh, lasted uh, to the end, and... Uh, uh, we all have fond memories of our friend, and uh, um, he was uh, he was a unique <laughs> individual in many respects. And uh, it's the end of an era, and we're all uh, we all feel a sadness for that. Well said, Saul. Is there a story you can tell us about a little bit of about Greg? Well, I, I can tell you, Greg, always made you appreciate your clients. And by that, I can tell you that on, on one occasion, you may recall there was a very famous 
woman who was known as the cat lady. Mm -hmm. She was constantly being arrested because her home would be overrun with cats. Uh, Greg was the kind of guy who not only attended personally to go and do her bail application on an evening, but despite the fact that she also happened to be strong odor of cats, he got her into his car and he drove her home. And that's what you could expect from Greg. Not only was he connected to the law and how wonderful he always found it to be because it gave us all a life in the law, but more importantly, he was that way with the people that were around him. He had a, a way of connecting with people. When he was in front of a jury, they were wrapped and attentive to everything that he said. He was always affable, always had a smile on his face, and it didn't matter how much he got into the fray. Afterwards, he would go to the Crown Attorney and shake their hand. He showed you how to be a gentleman, and he appreciated the quality of the profession. And I think that that's one of the things that has changed. Greg was, again, one of those people who practiced as a professional, not just as a businessman. That was Bertha Rand, by the way, Julie. She was known as the cat lady and uh, used to call in to uh, Peter Warren in the action line all the time. Incredible woman. And I didn't know that about, uh, about Greg Brodsky. That's a good story. Well, and he did the same when he went out to reserve. It was not always a, a popular place for counsel at various times, but Greg would always go out and do those cases, and he always treated people with affection. And, and I think that that's one of the things that we all feel about him because he never made enemies. There were no enemies for Greg Brodsky. Mm-hmm. Some people have nemesis. Greg mm-hmm. didn't have that. And that's the way in which he practiced. I can tell you in the many years that we were all together, I never really heard Greg say a negative thing about anyone. Yeah, very true. Mike Cook, uh, we've lost an icon, a legal icon in this country who made a, a lot of, um, set a lot of precedences, beginning with battered wife syndrome. That was huge. It was as the Lavallee case, and that really changed the landscape of law in Canada. And for the listeners who aren't familiar with that particular case, what it was, it was a case that uh, went up to the Supreme Court, and it talked about women who have been subjected to cruel dealings with their partners. They can reach a point where, um, I guess to use the common vernacular, they lose it and they strike back, and they end up seriously hurting or murdering their partner, and that was advanced as a true affirmative defense and commonly referred to as the, uh, well, there's a few terms that we call it by, battered wife is probably the most common, where the court said that if the victim had been subjected to this type of cruelty over and over and she just one day retaliates and kills the fellow because she feels there's going to be another beating, she's justified in doing so and she had a defense. So that changed the legal landscape immeasurably. Gentlemen, I, time is short. I really appreciate you uh, spending some time with us and telling uh, some stories about the Greg uh, Brodsky, the great Greg Brodsky, who passed away yesterday. Thanks again, Richard Wilson, Mike Cook, Saul Simmons. Appreciate the time. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. Be well all. Bye-bye. 
The News on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham.